So Joe is sending troops to the border, eh? I thought that was racist, xenophobic, and bigoted, but I guess that's just when Trump did it. Duh! The show starts now. Title 42, the last and only remaining border safeguard we have in place under Brandon, is set to expire next week, and as you can imagine, all hell is about to break loose. El Paso, Texas, which is and has been inundated, overwhelmed, and invaded for two years now, is already feeling the effects, and this, my friends, is just the pregame for the big show. And Joe knows it or more accurately, the people who put coins in Joe's slot know this is gonna get real bad and the optics are gonna be horrible for the administration. You know, they've tried pretending there isn't a problem and when I say pretending, I mean downright just flat out lying. When it comes to illegal migration, you've seen it come down uh, by more than 90% and that's because of this act, the actions that this president has taken. A bold-faced lie and as both Twitter fact check and our own Bill Malusian pointed out, there was a window of time earlier this year where encounters with Venezuelans, Nicaraguans, and Cubans did temporarily dip 90% after a policy change, but other countries like China shot up over 800%. Illegal crossings, including Venezuelans, back at peak highs now. But since lying about the problem that we can clearly see before our very eyes didn't work, now the workarounds begin, starting with this, send in the troops. If the border is secure, as the administration has said, then why would we need to send 1,500 active duty U.S. troops down there? Because we need more work. We need more work needs to be done, Peter. I'm honestly surprised the Biden administration isn't sending drag queens to the border to entertain children in cages, but maybe that's coming. But as for the U.S. troops, wait a daggone second, didn't Trump do that? And wasn't he called a racist for it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure, but let's refresh our memories. Uh, I, I thank the men and women who serve our military and serve in the United States Marine Corps. Um, I also believe that the administration made a decision to deploy them based on a political agenda. And um, I believe that it is inappropriate to require the limited resources of the United States military to be used in such a way um, when the, the when it was you know when and these these folks who are being deployed there they're going to leave their, they've left their families they will not be home looks like for Thanksgiving and all because there needed to be some demonstration for the TV cameras based on a political agenda instead of what is a national security threat. Weird. But folks, if the biggest problem with this was the hypocrisy or the double standard, you know, I'd be fine with it. I just want the damn border secure. But sending 1,500 active duty troops isn't going to solve the problem. In fact, it's going to make it worse because these troops, by the admission of two senior U.S. officials, will be carrying out mostly administrative and transport roles. So there you have it. More glorified babysitters sent down to help illegals get in faster. That's what this is. These troops aren't protecting or defending our border. You think this is Ukraine or something? No, these troops are there under orders to aid and abet this whole thing. 
Oh, and just to make sure this illegal immigration is even more seamless, the Biden administration is directing these people to use the CBP-1 app to schedule appointments, freaking appointments at points of entry where their asylum claims can be processed. This is white glove service here, folks. This isn't border security, and it sure as hell ain't border enforcement. Do not be fooled. Still ahead, the self-identification craze has hit a fever pitch, and you're not going to believe how wild it's gotten. But luckily, I've got the footage to prove it. And Jesse Kelly joins me next with his reaction. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. The affirmation you can be anything you want to be has really taken a turn in the last few years. Men can be women, women can be men, but that stuff is pretty vanilla now. If you really want to aim for the stars, you got to take it up a notch like this fella. But wait, there's more. There's a new category in the LGBTQ barbecue soup, and it's called Transabled. Roll it, literally. Chloe Jennings White spends her days confined to a wheelchair. It's tough to get around, and she struggles with living in a world that isn't built for the disabled. However, Chloe is actually able to walk perfectly and chooses to live her life like a paraplegic due to a rare psychological disorder called BIID. Despite wishing she was paralyzed, Chloe still takes part in extreme sports like skiing. BIID has led Chloe, a Cambridge University educated research scientist, to harm herself in a bid to become paraplegic for real. Now, even five years ago, people who behave this way would be given real treatment and real help, but now this stuff is affirmed and in some places by law. Here to give his take on that and more is host of The Jesse Kelly Show, Jesse Kelly. All right, Jesse, were you scarred for life by the footage I just showed you? And which one do you think was worse? I actually think the worst one was the lady pretending to be in a wheelchair. And both of them actually are suffering from something, Tommy, but it's not what they, whatever that psychological mumbo-jumbo they were talking about is. Both of them are suffering from FTBB, that is called failure to be bullied 
since we've run bullying out of this society, sadly, we now have a society run by complete freaks who were never shamed out of being freaks. And that really is the problem. In the old days, no one likes bullying, right? Bullying's horrible. It's ugly. It's awful. But the weirdo freak would shut up or stop being a weirdo freak because he was worried about being bullied back in the day. But today, they're all celebrated. We act like they're all somehow special and celebrated. And we told the bully he's the bad guy. Maybe the bully was the good guy. Well, you know, a personal story from my childhood, I went to school K through 12 with a girl who legitimately thought she was a cat, all right? And counselors actually tried to help her out by trying to let her know she wasn't, in fact, a cat. But that was, you know, I'm only 30 years old. This wasn't that long ago, and they actually wanted to give her treatment for this. I'm not sure she ever got it. But now in schools, I fear that if someone says I'm a cat, I'm afraid that these educators, these counselors are going to affirm that. And I think that that's the new law of the land we know for sure in places like California. So I don't know what the next generation is going to look like. And I've said this before, but heaven forbid we have a military draft or something to go probably defend Ukraine. I don't know what our troops are going to look like. Well, they're going to look like a disaster. And really, in all seriousness, you nailed the point. The kids don't have any direction or meaning now. That's the problem. That's really the problem. When someone doesn't have any direction, when, the, when no one's guiding them, you want to achieve this, you want to be this. When everything is just nothing matters, there's no fat, there's no skinny, there's no pretty, there's no ugly, there's no nothing, nothing matters at all, and you're just aimlessly floating around, you're going to land on God knows where. And that's how you end up with a society full of kids. You made that joke about, about the girl thinking she's a cat, or I'm sure that's a true story. That's going on. It's going on in my community. Kids will show up with tails pinned on them and want to take a crap in a litter box in the school. I'm not making that up. When my neighbors told me about that, I thought they were all kidding with me. They showed me pictures of it. This stuff happens out there now because we are so lost. Everyone just floating through the ether with no purpose. This is what I worry about, though. I think that the older folks that are going to be voting in 2024, I think that they can recognize it. But I'm worried about the voters coming up, the Gen Z, and then even my fellow millennials to an extent. I'm worried that if conservatives, Republicans, the GOP, whatever you want to call us, ultra mega, I'm worried that if we laugh at this stuff too much, we're actually going to lose the culture war and lose the votes of the Gen Z and the millennials. I wonder how we approach this. Do we just do what you say and say this is ridiculous? Or is there a way that we're going to have to message this better so as not to completely lose those two very giant voting blocks? They're going to overtake the boomers and every other generation that we might be able to convince. That's my worry. Well, it's a legitimate worry. But one thing we can't ever do as anti-communists on the right is step out of the real world and step into the world of make-believe. That's something that we can't do. I can't, I can't pretend like you can actually change your gender. I can't pretend it a little bit. I can't be nice about it. No, you can't. You were lied to. I'm sorry. That's ridiculous. You were born as you are. You're never going to be a cat. You're not actually disabled. That, that, that's, I don't have to pretend that your world of make-believe is real. We should relentlessly mock this stuff, but at the same time, our real counter to this is promoting meaning, promoting value, pushing young people towards something great, letting them know there is greatness out there that can be achieved, that life isn't meaningless and nothing matters, and, and you can be whatever you want to be and all that mumbo-jumbo crap. We need to drop all that and change the narrative completely. What we cannot do is what the GOP has always done and try to, is try to meet the communists halfway with their meaningless, useless life because that never works. 
that only shifts the Overton window further to the left. I agree with you, and I think somebody who's known for his culture war battles, whether he's winning them or losing them, is what I want to discuss with you, and that's Ron DeSantis. So there's been a lot of news about the Disney versus DeSantis, and I've talked about this a lot on my show because, unfortunately, the average American out there thinks that Ron DeSantis just wants to keep gays out of Disney. And that's a real messaging problem that we have, just like they thought his don't say gay bill meant that it was illegal to say gay. So I'm worried because I truthfully want Ron DeSantis to be our nominee. I'm a little worried that we're not helping him message this and we're not coming together as a collective conservative movement to make sure that these culture wars that he is fighting are not in vain and that we actually get it across the finish line instead of going halfway and then losing the messaging battle. Well, it's a legitimate concern, but there's not a collective conservative movement. There very rarely ever is, and there definitely is not when we're in the middle of a GOP primary right now. So whatever Ron DeSantis does, if Ron DeSantis runs out in traffic and saves a puppy from being run over, you'll have multiple parts of the conservative movement attacking him for it because that's the nature of primary season. So there's not going to be a unified message to protect Ron DeSantis in anything what we need to do is stop worrying about what they say and start being aggressive with what we say. We worry about the defense we should be saying when we should be playing offense. Every single Democrat, every single Democratic media person in this country who goes out and talks about Republicans banning books, the truth is that is a human being who wants to show pornography to children. And so we should not be defensive about that. We should be offensive about that. Whoever that person is, whenever you hear a single person talk about Republicans banning books, you ask that person, why do 10-year-olds need to be shown books of oral sex in school? Why do you want to show 10-year-olds about oral sex? Are you a pervert? Are you a pedophile? We should be playing offense, not defense. We worry about their messaging when we're right and they're wrong. Those are the books they want to show the kids. They're the perverts. Are you at all concerned that as we enter what I believe is going to be a very contentious primary season, that those that want to attack Ron DeSantis are going to attack him from the left? We've already seen it with Nikki Haley saying, oh, Disney can come to South Carolina. We've already seen Trump attack Ron DeSantis on, on some of his culture wars. That's my concern is that it's going to get so contentious in this primary. I don't mind competition, but I don't understand the strategy of coming at Ron DeSantis from the left. I don't think it's strategically helpful for our party at all if we actually want to get in the White House. Uh, they're not operating as a party, party. They're operating as individuals who all want to be the nominee. So some people are going to get to the left. Some people are going to try to get to the right. Primaries, as you know, Tommy, they're all about picking a lane. You want to get a lane and get as big of a lane as humanly possible. So they're going to attack him from, from all different sides. Look, if you're on Team DeSantis right now, you should be pretty happy. They're all attacking you. What's that tell you? He's the one they're all afraid of right now. So if you're on Team DeSantis and you're mad he's getting blasted from every way, Trump attacks him, Nikki Haley attacks him, Vivek attacks him. None of them are attacking anyone but Ron. Why do you think that is? It's a good sign. I think so. And I also, I know that we got a big bump for Trump after the indictment and the whole circus of it all. But I think as that stuff fades out of the headlines, I do think when Ron DeSantis announces, you're going to see him come up in the polls, even when it comes to conservatives. We already know in the head-to-head -head matchup between Biden and DeSantis, DeSantis is able to edge him out, whereas Trump is not even able to edge out Joe Biden. So I wonder what your thought is. Do you think that if we don't have any more indictment noise for the ultra-megas to get fired up about, do you think we're going to see the natural rise of DeSantis again? 
Well, I, I believe both, actually. We are going to have a lot more indictment noise for Trump, and this is just a sad reality of the lawfare, corrupt country we have now. Donald Trump is in serious legal trouble. I know people don't want to believe that. He is, not just in New York. He's got, he's got bad legal trouble coming in D.C. He's got maybe worse legal trouble coming for him in Georgia with these communist-controlled areas that he has no out from. Donald Trump is in serious legal trouble. There's a lot more still to come. And yes, once DeSantis announces he's running, he'll get a bump in the polls. I don't care about any polls when we're a year out of any primary elections actually being uh, held at all. Most people aren't paying attention right now. The hardcores who watch your show and my show are. Those are the hyper-informed people. But most people are just kind of floating through the ether right now for a while. I don't care about any of these polls. I think my concern is, is that the desire to make Trump our nominee is going to override the desire to actually want to get in the White House. And it's like proving a point that we can make him our nominee, even knowing full well that he probably would lose to even Joe Biden. That is my concern. And I think that you can do both things. I think you can say all of this against Donald Trump is nonsense. We believe that he is innocent. We believe he was a great president. We believe he could be a great president again. But... We don't think that he can win in 2024, given the current circumstances. And that is the problem that I am having in my messaging to my fellow Trump supporters. I've been a Trump supporter since day one, but I also see the writing on the wall. But I don't think that a lot of the conservatives that watch my show and your show that love Donald Trump, I don't think that they get it when people like me say it. They just think I'm being disloyal to Donald Trump. Maybe, maybe not. But I, I, I think... I think this is how I come at it, and maybe this is a little black pill, Tommy, so you'll feel free to yell at me, but I am not stressing it. And here's why I'm not stressing it. I obviously have things I want and things I want for my country. I'm not on Team Trump. I'm not on Team DeSantis. I don't know who I'm voting for yet. But here's the way I approach these things. We get the government we deserve in this country. When I see Chicago, there's another 15 shootings in a weekend in Chicago, and I'm probably underselling that. I think, well, that's the way you voted for. You keep voting Democrat every time. That's the government you deserve. Enjoy it. it the Republicans, it applies to them as well when it comes to a primary. Who's going to be the nominee? Is it going to be Trump or DeSantis? Or those are probably the only two options. You know who the nominee is going to be? The nominee the GOP deserves. That's going to be the nominee. And look, if we ride into it with Trump, then that's what we deserve. If we ride into it with DeSantis, that's what we deserve. But We'll see how. Look, you voted for this. I love telling people that. Whenever people voted for something and then it turns out disastrous, I love letting them know you voted for it because people separate themselves from the results of their vote, and they should. I just don't want to see Kamala Harris as my president, as bad as Joe is. That's my real concern here. I think, listen, I don't think we could take another four years of Joe, but I sure as hell know that we can't take even two years of Kamala. So that's why I am stressing about it. But like you said... Hopefully, we have our wits about us and we understand what's at stake, but uh, we got a long road. Jesse, I know you got to get going. Thank you for taking the time, and I hope that you enjoyed that clip of the man in the cat suit. I'll send it to you later. <laughs> send it to me later. See you, Tom. <laughs> All right. Coming up, he's the cool dad behind the new non-woke beer brand, Ultra Right Beer. Seth Weathers joins me next. America's been drinking beer from a company that doesn't even know which restroom to use. That's why I created Conservative Dad's Ultra Right 100% Woke-Free Beer. As conservatives, we're constantly getting hit in the face, left and right, by the woke mind virus. But the last place we want it 
is in our beer. If you know which bathroom to use, you know what beer you should be drinking. Stop giving money to woke corporations that hate our values. Well, after that whole trans Dylan Mulvaney Bud Light partnership controversy, conservatives have been taking their brew business elsewhere. Bud Light has lost billions, and while they've tried to patch things up, the damage has been done. But luckily, conservatives now have an alternative after a dad launched his brand, Ultra Right Beer, in response to the whole controversy. And guess what? He's crushing it. Sales have already hit a million. The brand has gained over 10,000 customers and sold over 20,000 six-packs and counting. Does this mean conservatives are finally coming into our power? Joining me now is CEO of Freedom Speaks Up and co-founder of Ultra Right Beer, Seth Weathers. Seth, it's great to have you. Great to be here, Tommy. So this Bud Light thing, I think we all thought it was going to die out after maybe a week, two weeks, but it's now going on a month. And uh, I think that this is here to stay. I think Bud Light is going to be kind of irreparably damaged from this. Do you think there's any coming back for that brand? If I have anything to do with it, no. And I do think that this is the time that conservatives are actually holding, following through with this. The thing is, conservatives have no capital in the corporate economy because we get upset, we yell and scream, we talk about it, we skip a couple football games, but then we're right back in the stands two or three weeks later. But this seems to actually have the legs that we're going to stick to it. And you're seeing that with their sales numbers continue to go down. We can't say, oh, it's, it's down, we give up now. we got to continue that. And I saw even some news today that they're even providing distributors with free Bud Light right now to try to incentivize them to push their, um, can I say horse piss on here? Uh, their beer, nonetheless, on uh, consumers. But I think people are done falling for that. Yeah, I think so, too. And I've also been really happy to see that conservatives, as you said, have finally followed through on something, and been able to take it across the finish line. Yeah, again, it's the same thing with everything, with our election strategy, with how we battle woke Hollywood, woke academia, woke media. We always complain about it. We bitch and we moan. And then we do absolutely nothing. But this time was a little different. I think people were pushed a little too far. And this whole trans and everybody's face thing, it hit too close to home when it came to Bud Light. And I want to also discuss that commercial itself, the endorsement with Dylan Mulvaney, because I think that you and I probably share the same feeling on it. It's not because this person is trans, okay? I don't really care. It's because this person is dressing up like a woman in a prom gown and drinking Bud Light as if women who drink Bud Light dress in prom gowns, wear pearls, have their hair done for prom, and act like bimbos. That's what personally offended me, and I think that that's really why you saw the backlash. Do you agree or is it something else? Yeah, I think you're right. Look, anyone that's 18 has the right ability to do whatever it is they want to do with themselves. But this is, again, it's belittling to women, which is kind of what you're saying. If I was a woman and I saw this being the representation of me, I think I would be a little pissed off too. And I think a lot of women are. Because, look, people realize, that, do you know women that behave that way? I don't. Um, and, again, Dylan, the whole act is pretending to be a little girl. That's kind of the whole act on TikTok. So, again, this person markets towards children, and then Bud Light's making this bizarre mockery of women as their person promoting their brand. I think if that wasn't a line in the sand, conservatives didn't have one. And I'm happy to see that it seems that it is a line in the sand and that we're going to stick to it. And I think going forward, if, if we can cause permanent economic harm to one of these corporations, I've said this for years, we have to cause permanent economic harm. We can't skip a couple of games. It has to be permanent. We have to damage a brand. 
And if we can cause that, corporations will think twice about dumping on conservatives in the future. Because I got news for you. All these corporations, this is exactly what they think of conservatives. They think you're a joke. They don't like us. They don't respect us. They're in their Madison Avenues. Uh, studios coming up with these advertising programs, and that's what the majority of them think of it. Bud Light made the mistake of showing us what they think of us, and I think that they're receiving the backlash, and it has to keep up. What is the feedback that you've gotten so far? I mean, obviously, you're crushing it. Sales have been fantastic. You've got a lot of buzz, a lot of hype. But what has been the back, or what has been the response from your customers from your brand, and why they choose to buy it? Have you heard from any of them? What are they telling you? Uh, I'm hearing from more people than I have the ability to respond to, so I want to thank everyone for that because seeing all those positive messages, whether it's social media, phone, whatever, it does mean a lot to me. It, it can, it's 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 humbling to receive. And again, this is beer is the catalyst for what we're doing, but I feel like I'm on a mission here. I feel like the Blues Brothers right now. Um, I feel like I'm on a mission. And again, beer happens to be the catalyst. I would be doing this if it was apple juice. Apple juice doesn't seem to get people as excited. Um, but nonetheless, we're on a mission, and I think everyone's in on that mission with us. The average Americans are in on this mission, and it's standing up to these corporations and saying, we're done. Stop pushing this down our face. Stop trying to push it in front of our children, and I think that seeing people unite around that, and again, it's, it's funny that beer happens to be the item that unites everyone on this, but maybe we should have known all along that beer would be that item. Well, I love beer. I'm a beer drinker, so I agree. I've never had Bud Light was never my choice or my favorite anyway, so it's not a big loss to me. But do you think, my last question for you, we were able, and when I say we, I mean the conservative movement was able to tank Bud Light by about 26% in the last month. Obviously, your brand is doing very well making up for it. Do you think we're going to be able to take this energy into actually voting in 2024? Because for me, if we can all come together and cost a major beer brand billions of dollars, we should probably be able to win Georgia. That's just my thoughts. God, Tommy, I would like to say yes, of course we will, but I don't know. <laughs> you know, I'm proud of us as conservatives for sticking to this as much as we have. And so maybe this is a, a sign of the times to come in the future. And I can tell you this. Our brand will be doing everything in our power. If we have to put voting information on cans, whatever it may be, we're going to do everything in our power to make sure the people that are this fired up about beer are that fired up about elections. And so I think that that is, uh, you make a great point. And again, I'm going to use this brand, every bit of it, to encourage people to vote right and do the right thing with this. So I think that's a, a very good reminder. I think there should be rallies with ultra-right beer and then ballot harvesting where it's legal, voter registration tents. I think we actually, for once, try to play yes. the game and win the game for once. That would be really nice. Seth, congratulations on all of your success. We look forward to seeing what you're going to do going into the election, and God bless you. Thanks, Tommy. Coming up, we're being out-ticked and out-talked as the DNC enlists Gen Z grifters to spread liberal propaganda. My final thoughts are next. With the help of the DNC, Biden's handlers have enlisted 100 TikTokers to convince Gen Zers he's not old, decrepit, and failing. And while I wish this was laughable, Gen Zers are probably gullible enough to fall for it. So what do we do over here on Side Normal? Well, I've got some final thoughts. <music> so 
folks, I'm a millennial, and back in my day, stage parents exploited their children the old-fashioned way by cashing in on their singing, dancing, and acting. But times have changed. Now Gen Zers with no discernible talents or skills are cashing in on the political grift and the DNC, Biden administration, and communist TikTok are happy to oblige. Meet Chris Mowry and Harry Sisson, two prominent Gen Z TikTok influencers who want you to know they are in fact infected with the disease known as liberalism. Well, at least when it pays. What the Republican Party doesn't understand about Gen Z is we don't like you. You claim you want to appeal to Gen Z, but you call us stupid, you say we're dumb, you say we're indoctrinated. I promise it's a losing strategy. And Gen Z is watching the Republican Party extremely closely as they destroy our environment, take rights away from women, do nothing about kids being shot in schools. And if they think they can give the middle finger to our generation and get away with it, they're sorely mistaken. Let's all join together in a moment of silence and hope and pray that we do not have a military draft anytime soon because if so we are royally and completely screwed and while these two may look like moppy headed one direction knockoffs they sadly have millions of followers and that video i just played for you has over 4.4 million views on twitter i don't know what it has on tiktok because as you well know i will not log on to that communist chinese spy balloon and app form but those two nincompoops are just a couple of reportedly 100 TikTokers the Biden campaign has enlisted to push his agenda and up his cool factor. And get this, Team Biden is reportedly throwing around the idea of giving these influencers their own briefing room at the White House. The Biden camp plus said juvenile grifters claim they are unpaid and just passionate about the Democrat cause. But recently, many people on the right have been accusing myself and Chris of being paid by the DNC. And we just wanted to come on and say, that's an incredibly dumb thing to think. And look, if the DNC is handing out checks, we should be first in line to receive them. But that's simply not happening, and we haven't received a dime from the DNC. And we want to make it clear, we're perfectly happy to work with organizations that share our vision. So if someone reached out to us and say, hey, we're trying to make sure the environment is protected, we'd love to work with them. But we are simply not working with the DNC. And we want to reiterate that everything that's been posted on social media is public information. Weird. Some quick research over Federal Election Commission data shows that actually the DNC made payments of over $210,000 to Pallet Media, the talent agency that represents, you guessed it, the wannabe Backstreet Boys, Harry Sisson and Chris Mowry. And while I wish I could just continue to sit here and make fun of them and others like them because it's oh so easy, they wield a lot of power with young people and underestimating their reach and their influence would be a mistake. As Republicans, conservatives, Trumpers, ultra-megas, whatever you want to call us, we cannot ignore this and we cannot ignore Gen Z or millennial voters any longer. If we keep catering to old people and boomers, we will lose. If we keep thinking the RNC strategy of just throwing fancy donor dinners for rich white people will do the trick, we're going to find out the hard way when we lose Again, we must show up on college campuses. We must be active on social media. We must fight for the hearts and the minds of young people and meet them where they are one app at a time. I've dedicated much of my career to that very goal and y'all know I'm gonna fight like hell to reach them, but I can't do it alone. Conservatives came together and tanked Bud Light sales by 26%. We should for damn sure be able to take that same energy and transfer it to our election strategy.
If we lose in 2024 to Joe freaking Biden because we refuse to get crafty and play the game, we don't deserve to continue our existence as a party. So get your iPhones out, folks. We've got work to do. Those are my final thoughts. Be sure to watch the entire show and like and subscribe our OutKick YouTube channel. From Nashville, God bless and take care.